0: So we're so excited to have you guys here today on Supernatural Sites, and um, we just today's episode is all about waiting on God. So we know that you guys have had this experience before, waiting on the Lord. So we would just love for you guys to kind of share a little bit about your experience and um, just how that's working out for you. I guess. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Go first.
2: I can go first. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I would say my biggest having to wait on God has been for um, the biggest desire of my life, heart and life has always been to be a mother and a wife. And I'm 32 years old and we're getting married in November. Um, That's awesome. So for me, I've been waiting on the Lord for him to bring someone into my life that I could live life with and do life with um and hopefully in the future be a wife and mother too um and so that has just been uh one of the biggest struggles of my life having to be patient and rely on the Lord for those times when all of my friends and family were getting married and having children and I was just kind of left in the background or they were moving on to these big milestones and I was just kind of sitting there waiting when is it going to be my turn and trying not to get bitter and trying not to um be resentful of their successes, resentful of the fact that they were having these big great things and I was just kind of being Molly and that was it. Um, and then it was really, it wasn't really until I let go of all of that and really just told the Lord that I would be okay with just being Molly and just being a Tia. Um, or aunt, to all of my wonderful nieces and nephews, um, that he was like, okay, now you're ready. Like you're finally in a place where I can bring someone into your life and you're ready because I wasn't just dependent on that label of being wife or label of being mother. So yeah.
1: My yeah. brief story. <laughs> and then I came along.
2: So. And then Chuck came along.
1: <laughs> I feel like my story is the opposite um i feel like the lord was waiting on me and i was always pushing him away thinking i could do everything on my own and um i mean it just got me nothing but just trouble and heartache and um you know i fell into addiction um just a a long and winding road until i gave up i finally surrendered my will to the lord and just you know my life had become unmanageable and i just given you know i'd given up i just took that leap of faith uh, big time. And uh, from that moment, the last year, I've been sober for almost a year now. Uh, it'll be, uh, one year on July 2nd.
2: That's amazing. And,
1: uh, yeah, it's just been an incredible, incredible journey. It's really right. nice, I just, I mean, if you would shown me this picture of my life a year ago, I would have thought, oh, uh, that's like 10 years from now. It's gonna take you like 10 years to put your life back together. And uh, I mean, if it was up to me it would have or it probably never would have happened but with the Lord I mean it's unbelievable where I am now to where I was a year ago just the hopelessness despair um just lost completely lost I was lost now I'm found I mean truly so
0: (laughs) that is so awesome like I love hearing your guys story and just how like I truthfully believe that the Lord brought you guys together. I just think that you all are just perfect for each other, and just really just a huge testament of of the importance of waiting on God's timing and waiting on you know God's best for your life. And I know it's not easy. Her and I we're both kind of in a season of waiting right now. Sorry, but we are like, and it's hard. And every time, like I just remind myself of like you know just your story and just the benefits of actually just listening to the Lord and waiting on him. And he's so faithful. He knows the desires of our hearts and he's always just so good to give them to us as long as we're in line with his will. But um, I just love your story and I'm so happy for you guys. That's and nice. yeah, it's just such an inspiration to me and a blessing. Y'all are a huge blessing to me. Yeah. Should we have Chuck also share his story with this being supernatural sight? Yes. You know, yeah. You want to hear Chuck's supernatural experiences.
1: So yeah, it goes back, I probably, I guess, about 10 years ago, uh, I was getting ready to graduate law school. Uh, I was a year away, and uh, I was sitting down with a professor of mine, and he's Catholic, and he was asking me about my faith. And um, it was the first time I'd ever denounced God. I said, I don't don't think I believe in God. Um, And it was such an, an arrogant thing to say. You know, I had all of these, all this stuff going on in my life. I got a from my good law school. Um, I had a really good internship, clerkship lined up. And I just, I acted like I had done it all on my own. Nothing, no, no glory to God, no credit to him. I, I took all the glory for myself. And from that point on, every, like nothing, nothing good in my life lasted. I, I would, you know, it, I would screw it up. I would... You know, I was relying on myself too much and just anything I accumulated in life, it just, it was like a house built on sand. It would, just, it would collapse underneath me and, you know, um, it all culminated in, uh, on Easter 2015, um, my car was about to get repossessed. I stretched myself way too thin, couldn't afford the condo I was living in and, um, I left Easter dinner early with my family to go home and take my life. And uh, That night I uh, my sister was getting married in the fall, so I wrote I wrote the speech that I was gonna give um, so that you know they would find it. And uh, I took a bottle of sleeping pills drank a bottle of whiskey and uh, just went to sleep. Did it, you know, with no intent, of we were waking up. And uh, I don't know how much later, but I just, I woke up and I was in the laundry room right below my bedroom. And there were these two black figures standing over me. One, each one had a hand on my shoulder and one grasping my wrist and they were just pushing me down into the ground. And I mean I couldn't move. They were, it was like they were just cut out of the stone, just immovable and just pushing me, pushing me down. And uh, I got about chest deep into the ground. And I just cried out, Jesus Christ, save me. And they stopped. And the one that was on my right took his hand off my shoulder and, and ripped my tongue out. And I woke up. I woke up in my bedroom upstairs and my pillow was covered in blood. I mean, it looked like a splash, like just like sprayed across my pillow. And I'm checking, I'm trying to find out. I thought maybe i bit my tongue. I didn't know what had happened, but I couldn't find where it was coming from. And that's the first time I, I really started praying. And, uh, you know, all of the same things that had pushed me to that moment. You know, the, the shame, the embarrassment, the pride you know, um, also kept, kind of kept my faith to myself. So over the next several years, as I got more and more faithful. I, um, you know, I, my family was never very religious. So I just kind of kept it to myself. None of my friends were religious. Most of my friends were actually Muslim. So it was just kind of like a conversation that never really came up. And, um, but I, as long as I lived in that cognitive, though, it, just Things started happening. Uh, I would have like sleep paralysis, like once a week. I mean, just pinned down in my bed, and, and, and if I started praying, it would it would release. It was the, the, the most bizarre thing. And um, that's, I mean, that's the first part of my journey. But I still hadn't really given up my life to God, and you know, my addiction was still very strong. I I got addicted to Adderall and cocaine while I was in law school. And then, uh, you know, everything else, well, I mean, it was abusing everything else kind of in service to that addiction, you know, to sleep at night, I was taking sleeping pills, Xanax, drinking. I mean, it was I, I don't know how I put my body through that. Just all the, I mean, if if it would alter your mood, I would take it. Like it was just anything to get out of my own head, just not having to deal with that internal tor- turmoil, it was constant, you know, knowing deep down that what I was doing in my life wasn't good and I wasn't honoring God, and it was just it wasn't a good life, and just trying to drown out that internal realization and denying, you know, trying to deny that truth. Just yeah, I, I mean, I was abusing everything, and um, you know, it went on. I mean, up until last year, like I said, but it just you know, got progressively worse as addictions do, and um, I ended up getting you know, I left the wall firm I was working at I was working at this corporation in-house and then I got laid off from there and um, I ended up going into hospitality. I just needed a job and that was well, that was my first passion. I really love cooking. I love that environment, but it's I mean if it's a very easy and permissible environment. if you've ever worked in a bar or restaurant, it's just alcohols everywhere and just I mean, just about anything can be had. You know, you ask the right people. I guess, you know, it's just the way it is. And um, around the same time, my dad got sick, and um, I came to a realization that I just—I mean, I never really wanted to be a lawyer. I went to law school for all the wrong reasons. I, you know, I got in, I got a scholarship, and I just went because everybody was telling me I should. I didn't really care to go. I enjoyed law school, but when I got out, I had no interest in practicing whatsoever. It was it was the worst. It was the worst experience. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. And um, I realized, like, I can't make myself do something like that for the rest of my life. My dad hated his job like that, but he it was good money and he cared about his family. He always provided for us, but he worked himself to death. I mean, truly. And, um, it was around the time he got sick that i was like i'm never going back. i'm never going back to that world i just don't want to do it and um so i was in hospitality and then you know, he died uh, october 31st 2019 and then the pandemic hit 2020 and my i mean my addictions just completely took over you know all, i had money and time which is the worst two things you can possibly give to an addict and uh Again, I mean, just my life just got deeper and deeper in despair. I was dating this woman who was awful and um, just very, she was very manipulative, her and her whole family. It was like psychological warfare, her family and her against me in a lot of ways. And it was, um, you know, pushing me and and it just, it furthered my addiction to the point where, um, I mean, around June of last year. I I just couldn't take it anymore. I prayed to God, I said, "God, please relieve me of these addictions." I just said, "I can't do this anymore." I just my I physically can't do it. I mentally can't can't keep it keep it going. And I mean, on a lot of things, it was almost like overnight. Um, I just you know I, I had a porn addiction. That I mean, it was gone like overnight. I just I woke up one day. And I just I deleted it all off my laptop and haven't looked at it since. but over a year. I mean, it's just, you know, I stopped with the sleeping pills, stopped with the Xanax, stopped with just about everything. And uh, I was even all, I even stopped taking the Adderall for a couple of weeks. And then um, around the same time, I was also praying about my relationship. It's just like, something else just doesn't feel right. It's just, it's not a godly relationship. We're living together, um, you know, we're sleeping together and i even said to her i was like look i don't i don't think we should sleep together anymore unless we get until we get married and i said that to her and she thought i was insane and uh, i mean there were days when, I, when i'd wake up and it just felt so good and I, I said to her i was like i just feel like i'm full of the holy spirit today and she just looked at me like i was insane mm-hmm. and it was i was slowly giving up my my will to god just really because I, I knew I, I couldn't do it on my own I, I I mean, I, I did, wasn't really putting it into words, but I just had that feeling deep down that just, I can't do this on my own anymore. And uh, I mean, I had, I had even had a dream. And, you know, I completely misinterpreted the dream, but in the dream, her and I were driving on our way, we were on our way to a wedding. And, you know, we're just talking and she's like, oh, I met this interesting guy the other day, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. And as we keep getting closer, she keeps bringing him up more and more and more. I'm getting angry. I'm like, who the, who the heck is this guy? And I'm like, look, it sounds like you're in love with him. Who? What is going on? And we pull up to the wedding and we get out of the car and she's like, well, there he is. And she points and I can't really see him. The, the light's in my eyes. And as I get closer, then I, he takes her hand and all of a sudden I see him and it's Jesus. And I woke up and all of a sudden i was just like, I'm not afraid to lose her anymore. It's like, we can, I, I brought it, I said to her, I was like, look, I'm I'm trying to kick all of my addictions. And she was a very heavy drinker. I mean, I, she's an alcoholic. And I, I I said, look, I need you to stop drinking, or I, I we, keep, we can't keep going on. And she chose drinking over me. But it I wasn't afraid. To, I wasn't afraid to lose her. Like I was always like terrified. Oh my god, what if I lose, what if I lose her? What if I lost her? Because I mean, she was there for me when I lost my dad. But that was about it. And. Um, but I felt like that was the Lord taking another one of my addictions. I was just, I was done with her. I was like, okay. But as I was packing up my stuff, I decided to read her journal and um, found out that she had just stayed with me in the last several months because she was waiting for me to get my inheritance from my father passed away. And it,
2: oh my gosh, that's terrible.
1: Me. I mean, it just, it absolutely crushed me. And mm-hmm. I just felt just used and just lost. I was spiraling, and um, i can actually go, You know, I go back a couple of weeks before that. Things were really, you know, as I was starting to trust more in the Lord, things were going so well. I actually I said out loud one night, I was like, "God, there's nothing, there's nothing the devil could could do to get me to doubt you." Know? I was like, I could pass an Abrahamic test, and I don't know why I felt. That was a good idea, but so then all this happens, and it's, um, I'm just kind of spiraling. I'm like, God, what do I do? And this voice just said to me, "Just give up." And I was like, No, I don't. I don't want to do that. Anymore. I don't want to. I'm not going to give up. And, and the voice was like, No, you don't understand. Not, not like that. But just, just give up. Just trust me. And I prayed on it, and I was like, God, if these are demonic voices masquerading as you tell me, please. And I was praying on it. And I was like, no, it's, it's not just trust me, take, just take the leap and I'll catch you. And so I don't know, you know, but I was also still, you know, distraught and in, in, in my addiction. And, you know, because I'd start taking the Adderall again, and, um, just because it gave me this artificial sense of control when I felt like my life was out of control. So I don't know, maybe I was crazy, but it just, something said to me, just, take the leap, and I'll catch you. And so I, I did the same thing I had done before. I, but, you know, this time I, I was in a hotel. I filled the bathtub. I said a, you know, I said a baptismal prayer. I dunked myself. I took a bottle of Lunesta an entire month supply, drank a bunch of whiskey, and went to bed. And um, three hours later, I woke up, and a voice said to me, you don't have a choice. Ask for help now. And I texted my sister, and she found me, and she saved my life. And uh, that was July 2nd last year. And here I am. So, and ever since then, it's like I said, like I said if you would shown me my life now, a year ago, I, I would not have believed it. I would have thought it was an alternative universe where I had made different decisions in my life, the right decisions instead of all the wrong decisions. And um, it's just. Humbling the way God has just poured out favor in my life and blessings since then. And I just that internal voice that was always telling me you're doing something wrong. It's not there anymore. I don't have to drown it out because I have anything, I just turn to the Lord for everything. I'm I I have nothing without him. I have nothing without him. Amen. I can do nothing without him. I cannot, without, him. without him, I can do nothing with him, I can do all. amen that's 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 my that's my story
2: that is like my mind is just like (laughs) I
0: love your story there's so many things I love about that and like just the fact that like a lot of people think that Jesus only wants to help the people who like have their life together and are just have been raised in the church and who have never done anything wrong. But it's like, no, God came to seek and save the lost. And those are the people that God, you know, wants us to help and, and who he's helping as well and who he is seeking out. So to this day, and, you know, I struggled with so many different things that like God, like you said, like overnight, God just took them all away. Like as soon as he came into my life, like he was literally like a knight in shining armor and just came in and just swept everything away and just like, Like that. And it's amazing because without him, we try so hard to make things happen in our own power and we fail and we just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into this like self destructive pattern. And we don't stop until he's like, stop, (laughs) seriously, stop. And just like hearing your story and how he just spoke to you was like, trust me. And oh, it's just so amazing. And even like when you're talking about like how, like, when you, felt like the demons like pushing you down into the ground until you're chest deep like I remember having a vision when I was going through my season of unbelief and I prayed and I was like God just give me something to make this stop to make this go away because like I can't stand it. Like, I can't stand doubting you. Mm -hmm. And so I had this vision where I felt like God was like taking me up to heaven with him. And, you know, so I like willingly went and then I got up to heaven's gates and the gates were closed and I was like, what's going on? And then I just started to like plummet down to earth. And like, I felt myself sinking down into the ground and I was like holding on to like my window, like trying to catch myself. And I just kept sinking down further until I was like, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe that he died and rose again. And then I started going back up to heaven, you know? So when you're saying like you felt yourself going underground, I'm like, I kind of felt that too, but like, I never, like, I would never have thought that other people would have experienced
2: that as well. But there is. (laughs) <laughs> I totally had that. It's crazy because, like, as you're sharing your story, which is thank you so much for just being so open yes. and so honest. Yes. And it's just, it's yes. so important for other people to hear this kind of stuff because so many people, in my experience, have gone through these kind of things and they just don't share it because they feel like, oh, it's just me. And it's so not the case. I mean, I've had demons shove me to the ground. I've had them, like, whisper in my ear, and I could feel their breath. And they say if you don't kill yourself we will which is a mm-hmm. big fat lie as i
1: was as i was getting like i you know after uh, so july 2nd like i said my sister came found me and i went into detox for a couple weeks and then i moved into the sober house and um well even when i was in detox just the most incredible things were happening so um, yeah like i had, had chronic back pain chronic knee pain um, shoulder pain you know a lot of old sports injuries you know i dislocated my shoulder playing uh, rugby my knee playing lacrosse hurt my back playing football and uh, just chronic pain but when i woke up in detox i was pain free i mean pain free for the first time in like 15 20 i mean 15 at least 15 years i mean just you know, I, I used to have to go to the chiropractor all the time. I had one of those inversion tables I had to hang from every day. I mean, just, it was unbelievable. But I woke up pain-free. And I even said to my uncle, I, you know, I talked to my uncle almost every day. I was in detox. And I said, it's, I, it's just, I, it's like, I feel reborn. I feel brand new. And, you know, a couple of days later, he, I called him and we're talking. He said, like, you wouldn't believe what I found. You know, he was, uh, when growing up, I he was in the secret service so he traveled a lot so my family would just send you know christmas cards and just whatever they would send it to my grandmother's house and she would keep it uh, and then just give it to him you know whenever she saw him but i guess you know she basically had a box of stuff there and then she passed away um, in 2020 and uh, so he had gotten a box of uh, old cards and stuff from her that, you know, that my aunt found in, in my grandmother's house and he was going through it and he got and then just you know this is while i was in detox he was, he was going through that and he got to the very very bottom of it. and the very first thing that my parents had ever sent him was my birth announcement and he, he sent me a picture of it while i, while I was in detox and i mean it looks i mean it, it hadn't seen the light of day in almost 40 years and um yeah, I mean, it was like the day after I told him I felt reborn. He finds that. And then um, awesome. while I was detox, I, you know, I had this dream. Well, you know, I asked, I asked my family to bring me my Bible and a couple you know, little things while I was detox. And I said, I don't even know where to start. I just opened up and it was uh, Isaiah 22:22, 22, 22. And it said, you know, God will place a, a key on your shoulder. And any door you open no man can close, any door you close, no man can open. And that night I had a dream and I was in this this meeting with um, this work colleague who's a female and, and basically in the dream I felt like I had taken my power back and I walked out of the meeting and I, I closed this door. And uh, I, you know, I even said to my mom, like after I read that verse, I was like, I feel like I've closed that part of my, that chapter of my life, that door's closed. And I was like, I feel untethered to it. It doesn't, it doesn't have any power. I me perhaps I feel, I feel free. And then I had that dream that night. And in the dream, as I'm, as I'm walking out of this room, I close the door, and there's this song playing and this beat, and I'm just like, I'm feeling so good. I mean, I'm like, actually, I woke up like I was laughing so hard in the dream, I woke myself up laughing. I don't know if that's ever happened to you or like, <laughs> okay. you like, I mean, we're crying in a dream and you wake up and you're crying, but just, it was so real and you know, this beats playing. And I just feel so empowered and I wake up and you know, I can't fall back to sleep. And so I'm, I'm like, am oh, like I'm just going to go to the restroom. So I'm walking down the hall and detox. And as I get closer to the restroom, I hear this beat playing and I'm like, oh, my God, you're insane. You're hearing things <laughs> now. Oh, my God. You're in a funny farm. Your family's stuck you're in a funny farm. This is- and, uh, but it's the same beat from my dream. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess it was just playing. You know, it's it was the custodian listening to the music. I'm like, okay, I guess it was just the beat. You know, kind of like when you fall asleep with the TV in the background. And, as I get, you know, so I get there and I, I ask the girl who's cleaning the bathroom, I go, what song is that? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, did I wake you up? I'm like, no, no, I just, I really like the beat. What is that? And she's like, oh, it's Teddy Pendergrass, Close the Door. And it was the day after I said to my mom, I'm, I'm ready to just close the door. You know, I have no idea, I have never heard of Teddy Pendergrass in my life. I, no, I listened to the song and it has nothing to do with the Lord, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it is not a worship song. <laughs> Just like little signs like that, and um, so I like when I was um, when I was in uh, the sober house, and I was just, like maybe I've been out of out of detox a few weeks, and um, my Uber driver just says to me, "She's like, there's there's something about you. She's like, there's a quiet strength about you." And she's like, and I had you know, I mean, I hadn't told her anything about me. And she goes that, and she goes, "I hope you don't think this is weird, but there are demons that." They're gonna whisper things in your ear to try to get you to hurt yourself because they can't hurt you. She goes, "You're you're one of the warriors. You're on the good side." And I was just like completely blown away. Was, I was an it an angel? I her my whole story. Like we actually, we pull up in front of the house and sat there for like 15 minutes so I could finish my story. Like, and it was incredible and she was like well you know, she's like as soon as you got in the car i could feel your energy and she's like you know i felt just a connection to talk to you right away because you know she's like my husband's name was charles and um, he overdosed on uh, on thanksgiving day 2011 and she's like you just reminded me of him and so it's just like i mean it's just signs like this kept happening over and over and over and um yeah, you know, I was at work and this old lady, I was, I was helping her put stuff in her car. And I said, well, you have a blessed day, ma'am. And she just said, do you mind if I ask you something? I go, no. And she goes, do you, uh, do you believe in the rapture? I go, yes, ma'am. She goes, I don't know why I feel the need to tell you this, but a couple of years ago, I had a heart aneurysm and the doctor said I wouldn't live through the night. And I just, I prayed to the Lord and I said, just please let me be here for your return. And she goes, I think you're gonna be here for it and you're gonna be fighting for it. And I just yeah, I mean, the Lord hasn't stopped speaking to me since. So it's just it's been such a a frightening <laughs> in some instances very scary experience And it just it gives you this sense of responsibility as well that you want to you wanna do work, you want to do right by the Lord, by our heavenly father, you want to make Him proud. And uh, yeah. So it's just, it's just been an unbelievable experience since I've let the I've stopped trying to run from the Lord and do things on my own and just let him in my life.
0: Wow. <laughs> I don't even this is a, like I didn't know like all of this. This is so awesome. Like just hearing how the Lord is speaking to you.
2: Yeah, and I'm a
0: <laughs> no. i know the whole time i'm like trying not to like let my, <laughs> my <laughs> mascara start running. <laughs> you. So. thank you for oh, sharing god. that with us like yeah. oh my gosh i was so excited about this episode and now i see why like this has just been incredible mm-hmm. like god is just really working in your life and done so many things and like just the way he speaks to you and all of the little things that he's doing just to kind of show you that he's always with you and that he how much he loves you and how much he cares about you and how important you are to him and having these people come up to you and, and talk to you and share these things with you just random people you know not like you're at a church like you're just out and about and people are doing this to you that you would never expect Like that's the lord and it's just it's incredible every single story yeah. you've told us is something that like, I mean this I is like so many people listening the last year
1: this is, I mean, this, is more, I mean, this is the last year of my life wow. like I said if you'd shown me this picture of my life a year ago I would not have believed it I just yeah. seriously I mean because I mean, Molly and I originally met in 2019, right? 2019 2018, 2018. And so I would have thought, oh, this is the alternate universe where you picked her instead of instead of ghosting her.
0: Oh gosh. <laughs> you
1: know, like I really, I mean, I, I would not believe this was my life. I, I I thought it was like seriously, it would have been like a. What's it's a wonderful life. Like oh, this is the life. You could could have had you know, had you made the right decisions, had you followed me, but I mean, with the Lord, nothing, nothing's impossible, nothing's too late, so, Amen. Amen. you brought us together,
2: yes, you did, oh Oh my goodness,
0: thank you again, thank you so much for sharing with us, Chuck, and I mean, we would love to have you guys on the show again, because, and I, I feel like there's so much more to the story. There's so much yeah. more. There's so much more that you could tell us and like share with us. And I'm sure that there's going to be even more
2: that God's gonna be doing in your life but yeah. the next time we talk to you. And thank you again so much. This is an honor for us to have you on our show.